Welcome to TA1, everything you wanted to know about adventure racing, and then some. I'm your host, the legendary Randy Erickson, and all I got to say is it's March 7th and it's snowing. So, <clears throat> I guess it's apropos for this uh, episode. So, um, hey, that's it. I miss all you guys. You know, should be getting ready to go to Oregon, but we're not. So... Hell, this sucks. Anyway, let's get this going. So go fast, take chances, don't be close to anybody. Peace out. Love you all. Thanks for listening. Bye. Peter, are you there? I'm here. Well, good. Let's see. I'm going to... So, uh... How is life and quarantine treating you? Good. Are you there? Yeah, I can. Okay. Kind of. Uh, the sounds not the not not the best. I can barely hear you. Let me. I'll get up on the mic. Is that a little better? Yeah. Can you hear me? Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're good. good. Oh, perfect. So. Um. All right. What's your history with Alaska? <laughs> Because uh, I saw I saw the post that you were climbing there what fourteen years ago or something like that. So yeah, um, we so before I went full on with biking, um, I used to climb. I I mean I'm still I'm still I still ice climb, but I used to do a lot of more uh, mountaineering and and. Uh, Backpacking and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, uh, we climbed Denali in 2000. Uh, what is 2006 and 2007 back to back. What what what'd you forget the first time that you had to go back for? of guys we had like a little group and we we climbed and uh, we, we did mountaineering so we, we did uh, uh mount rainier in 2005 and then uh we came back to do uh denali next year so where did you grow up and how did you get into the mountaineering then um I always I always like mountains and and uh, just you know wild places I guess <laughs> so uh, I I grew up kind of kind of grew up in the mountains when I was a kid um, I used to live in a town I'm in the city but um, it was like maybe hour and a half to get to the mountains. Not uh, not a huge range, mountain range, but just enough, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's where I kind of spend my childhood. <laughs> so were your were your parents into the mountains? Is that how it started, or was it just something you found on your own? No, my parents are not. Nah, uh, <laughs> I mean, they they would never, you know, climb or. Or did any mountaineering or anything like that? They just I don't know. <laughs> we had this little uh, place 
like we can we can house like a cabin um, in the, in mountains and then I I grew up just being outside every weekend <clears throat> outside in the woods playing in the woods and you know ru- running all over the place so and more and more I I kind of like climbing up hills and and um, disappear for you know <laughs> uh, for hours and then for days and then and then um, like pretty much every weekend I was out of town with my friends and not necessarily climbing or mountaineering but we were out in the woods just camping and and you know having a good time so. is is that something that you think you might have done on your own or or was it because you had you know the friends that were doing it um that's a good question i don't know i so first first off i i was not like going to you know when i was when i was like a teenager i i uh it was something like uh, a Boy Scout, but it was not. It wasn't organized, so we would just like to be out of town every weekend, being somewhere else, you know, and you know, somewhere like I said, um, in the nature, in the woods, and then uh, and and and, uh, and when I got older, uh, it it became more of the sport kind of oriented. Um, activity, I'd say, mm. and I would just uh, so first I was just I was just trying to find a way to get out out of town and out of city, <laughs> and then um, I focused more on on actual uh, hiking and um, backpacking, and then later on bought, bought my first mountain bike. <laughs> and um, I just love to be out there, you know, um, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we're, we're we're I'm starting to figure that out. Yeah, you guys like to be in the middle of nowhere. So you're mountaineering and you're doing Rainier and you're doing Denali. You know, this is the obvious question: Did you ever want to do Everest? Um. Well, it's tempting, but. It's just, uh, it's just too many people, and it's just so over commercialized. I'd say, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just something that's not very appealing to me. It's kind of, it's kind of like turning me off, to, to be honest. It's just, well, yeah, you, can, it, you know, this this people that that had no business to be out there. And only only reason is for them to be there that they have either a lot of money. Or they just they're just looking for you know to make that notch on their belt that they 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 made it and it's not right it's not you know why do stuff so <laughs> yeah that, yeah but like the mountain itself it's I'm pretty sure it's amazing and I'd, I'd like to if I if I had opportunity I'd probably do it yeah yeah, yeah. if you had an extra hundred grand lying around you didn't know what to do with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if somebody asked me, "Do you want to join us for expedition?" Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. You know, there's like tons of uh, different places, and 
the mountains and peaks that there's nobody and it's you know it's it's worth yeah so when you're out when you're doing something does it do you have to summit in an expedition to be to call it successful or can you be out you know for three weeks or you know whatever and and uh not make your your destination and still consider it a success um you know specifically climbing mountaineering well it's nice to have like um a goal or a summit to to reach but it's more about experience for me and that you know it's a bonus when you get there and you you're successful you have you successfully climb all the way to the top that's like a bonus but not like not necessarily and I, I mean depends always for me it's um I, I'm kind of like on the safe side, so if I would not necessarily risk um, for you know for climb up in you know in, if it's really bad weather or conditions, I would. I'm not the one that 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 needs to go up. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so you'll make that call to say it's like. No, it, it it's not today. Right, right. Yeah. So, for example, in 2006, we made it all the way to the top, but we had like a really bad weather and it was wide out uh, um, on the summit. So I came back next year in 2007 with a different group of guys. It was only a small uh, group. It was three of us. And we made it all the way like to the summit plateau, but the weather turned completely wide out and big snowstorm and wind, and we didn't reach the summit, but we were like super close. But we still had a really good time, and I kind of felt sorry for my friends because they they went there uh, the, the year before. But yeah, like I said, it's more about experience. Yeah. But I, I, at the same time, I'd, I'd like to finish what I start, kind of, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I get that from you. So, mm-hmm. um, which, which is worse, like getting halfway up and turned around a mountain, or getting like you know so close to the summit that you can almost taste it and getting turned around? Because if you get close to the summit, you've you know, yeah, had a ninety percent of a climb, so. I, I, it's it's kind of, it's funny because it feels like we almost like we summited the second time and we didn't, but we we're just so close and we spent so many days out there up there. So I don't. It's yeah, and I guess it's harder when when you're almost up. I don't know. It it's hard to tell. It's hard to yeah. <laughs> answer that. Yeah. I'm sure it's everyone's different because mm-hmm. you know every 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 climb is different, every group's different. Exactly, yeah. conditions are different. So if you had a great time and didn't reach the summit, sometimes it's better than you know being uh, miserable and or injured and finish or or reach the summit. So yeah, yeah. It's all about experience, it's the whole thing. Do you 
you know, it's typical, you know, in mountaineering situations like that. And I promise we'll get to the biking part, but <laughs> I know bikes. I don't know mountaineering that much. Um, do you go with a group of people you know, or do you find a group, or, you know, how does it, how generally do you work, does that work? Um, I usually go out with people I know, and I wish I can do more, but, like, like I really, last time we did something, like, Denali, that was Denali, <laughs> so it's a long <laughs> time ago, and I, unfortunately, I live in a place then where you know it's kind of it's kind of hard to get out to the mountains. So yeah, um, I I'd love to come back and go back and do and climb Denali or climb more, but uh, I I kind of <laughs> um, I I completely switched to biking my like last ten years I'd say almost ten years eight years. So, I mean, is that yeah? Is that because you're not in the mountains and you know? I am. I or? am. It's just. It's just. Uh, I'm. I'm based in Chicago, or Chicago okay. area, northern northern Illinois, and it's just we don't have anything around here. <laughs> if I had an opportunity, I'd be there every weekend, but it's it's hard to get out. You know, I. It, it's more than you need more than a weekend to <laughs> get yeah. somewhere from here. So. It's 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 pretty much because you know I don't have opportunity to do uh, mountaineering and climbing around here. So, uh, so well, so if you lived in some place with mountaineering, do you think you would have got into bicycles? Into you know, uh, I would probably uh, divide it in half, but I definitely okay. do more mountaineering, climbing. Um, in the winter, we have good ice climbing up in. Um, Upper Michigan, so we do that. But like I said, it's 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 all the matter of uh, uh, the you know the the opportunity and the distance from <laughs> Chicago yeah. to Illinois to get somewhere. But if I lived you know in Rockies, I would definitely uh, be more uh, do more mountaineering and climbing. So, <laughs> yeah. so when you uh, you know you buy a mountain bike and what was, you know, what was the goal when you started that? You know, were you going to race? Did you, did you have any plans or did you just need something? I guess because, again, because of the location, that's the easiest thing to do, right? It's, yeah. You can ride bike everywhere. But so um, I always biked as a little kid. And I bought my bike, my first, like, good mountain biking here in Chicago and then we were just riding and I and at that time I was I was rock climbing a lot. So I kind of biking was only uh like another hobby but not very serious hobby. So um and then um my friend I I, I always liked uh, the West like uh, Utah and Colorado but I didn't have skills really. Um, so I wasn't really you know, like yeah. good mountain biker. And then I think in 2007, one of my friends, actually it was my co coworker and friend, he they went to Utah and they and he came back and he was like, "This is all great, that you know all, the, all those rocks and slick rocks and trails." 
and they have this uh, 24-hour race near Moab. We gotta do. We gotta go there and do that. And he was probably just joking, partially. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it kind of like caught, you know, kind of caught my attention. And 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 sure thing, next year we signed up for 24 hour, 24 hours of Moab uh, mountain bike race. And we kind of gathered a bunch of guys, and we were like, we started riding, kind of, you know, like a daily basis around here but and then I, I I learned a lot of skills I didn't have and then was falling a lot, <laughs> crashing. And then eventually uh like I said we uh in two thousand eight or actually two thousand two thousand seven. So he came back in two thousand six. So we raced that um twenty four hour race in two thousand seven with a bunch of guys, a bunch of my friends. And it was just for fun category. But it really, I really like that. It's like, you know, long format race. I'm not a sprinter. I'm just like kind of like you know, long distance or long hours uh, type of race uh, rider. So, and I really, I really like that. So next year we came back in 2008 and we did duo with my friend. So and we kind of placed all right, and we did. There was a it was that race was part of the series, 24-hour race series, mm-hmm. and they had like six or seven races all over the country, and and we did uh, I think like four of them. <laughs> and we ended up being second place overall in series. <laughs> so yeah. since then, I I I was just I I, I really like like it's kind of uh, I got caught up on 24-hour racing. So uh, and then I did a bunch of solo twenty four hour races and and then eventually I kind of moved on to um a long distance riding. Kind of I got kind of like burned out on twenty four hour lap racing, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of I, I've heard that a lot from other people. You know, it's at some point it's not fun anymore just lapping. For 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. Um, yeah, it just. I mean that's when I stopped racing. That was the last things that you know races I did were 24s and. Mm-hmm. And it is, yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's fun, but yeah, after a certain number of them, you're you're done mm-hmm. with it, and you wanna you yeah. wanna move on and. And I'm guessing you're just you're figuring out that after 24 hours you still feel pretty good. So it's like, well, mm-hmm. I'll go 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I then from 24-hour racing, I did some short mountain bike races, but then um, I found um, I actually I got I I don't know somebody gave me a book about Alaska and I did it an invitational race, and I, I, I was like, "Wow, that's crazy!" <laughs> I read that book, and I was like, "That's that's pretty crazy." You know, why would somebody do that? And then that caught my attention. But and then I think I found um, Arrowhead One Thirty Five race online yeah. somewhere, searching. <laughs> And then, and I, 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 and that, that probably started it all. I, I, 
I got really interested in the race, and I didn't know I didn't know anything about that. But I I, I did a lot of uh, research, and then I I, I figured that out. It, it's not that easy even to get into that racing because you have to have qualified races for beforehand, beforehand, and so. But I I kind of started, um, you know, accumulating. <laughs> I'd say, and then it was my goal to get uh, to that race and 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 ride um, Arrowhead 135. And before that, my first uh, winter race was uh, Tuscovia 160, and that that was actually my first winter ultra race. Tuscovia was. So. Yeah. And and right after that, I did Arrowhead. In, in 2013, yeah, and then from there I never missed one. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I get I keep coming back to do Arrowhead. It's my it's my favorite race. It's more like family, like a family reunion every year. Every, yeah, so. all those same people. <laughs> yeah, same people, same friends. Always. What, little... <laughs> yeah. What do you What do you learn in your first winter race? Because I mean, you you know you've got the mountaineering background. You know you're you're fine with the cold and you know being out and that stuff. And you're and you're a good cyclist. So what do you learn when you put those two things together? So that's exactly what why I um, I I like I like that uh, winter uh, ultra ultra racing because it's a combination of. Uh, expedition mountaineering and and, and and biking so I remember my first um, uh, I was sending in my first uh, registration and then I think I put that in in there like the reason why I want to raise that that because it's going to be a combination of both world kind of winter camping and slash mountaineering and biking and they're like both so um, yeah that's uh, that's the reason I really like any uh, kind of kind of like everything expedition style, you know. Yeah. Just being there on your own, take care of yourself, be self-sufficient. Um, that's my that's yeah, that's my <laughs> that's my thing. Yeah, the your Venn diagram is perfect for for it. <laughs> so can um. Let's say somebody's a strong cyclist, you know, like you know, a really strong cyclist, but they've never done any winter stuff. Mm-hmm. How hard is it for them to, you know, do get into, you know, to yeah. be able to not to get in, but to to learn the winter skills? Mm-hmm. I think for that racing, right? I think you know, the winter winter skills and survival skills and winter camping and being able to thrive in those conditions it's i think it's even more more important than being good uh cyclist mm-hmm. yeah yeah so uh, if it's not enough to be a good good rider good cyclist that you know um yeah there's, there's a lot of good riders but they're missing that skill that skill set being um comfortable in the winter 
and being, you know, um, there's a lot of things, you know, nothing goes according to plan, mm-hmm. like never. <laughs> so you got to be kind of, you got to um, be um, very, be able to deal with stuff before they become problems and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so I think that's very important to have that skill to be able to winter camp and be okay and comfortable in the cold. So uh, for them, it should probably they should probably focus on winter camping before signing up or yeah. doing anything like that. Maybe just weekend, you know, trips at first, and then because it's all. It sounds all romantic and really nice from you know from your computer screen, all those pictures with tents and bikes in, in the snow. Yeah. But in reality, it's it can be really different, very different. Yeah, in reality, it's going to be a bivy at forty-five below. <laughs> right, right. No, <laughs> not much fun. It's not very romantic. <laughs> Do you notice so? I mean, you've been doing this, you know, what six six or seven years, right? Basically. Mm, yeah winter ultra mm-hmm. yeah has the skill set of the racers improved dramatically in those in that time frame I mean, are you getting less people that shouldn't be there now mm, not sure i don't there's always people that shouldn't be there like <laughs> like i'm 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 really surprised in some of those prestigious races that this you can you can see people or meet people that like have no business to be there. It's kind of scary, and it's kind of yeah. weird that. And I'm questioning always, like, how did they get there? You know, it's, it, I mean, for their own good, for their own safety, it's not. You know, it's kind of it's it. You, you kind of got it. You need to know what you're doing in those conditions. And um, sometimes I was really surprised, like, so many how many people are part of those races and have like very little skills or, or they they're just lucky because nothing happened to their bike they, they have no skills like uh, fixing their bike or dealing with stuff so um, I would say they didn't prove much it's very okay. like yeah so yeah so you're still seeing a lot of people at the start line you're like really <laughs> right yeah yeah, yeah. and then Sometimes I, yeah. when conditions get worse, you can see, you know, like they're, they're in big trouble. I've seen yeah. it a lot, actually. Yeah, I mean, because really, like, if you if you had, you know, the perfect weather, the you know, the right cold, this, you know, mm-hmm. every, when everything's fine, it's I, fine. I'm not, I don't want to <laughs> say it's easy, but it's kind of easy. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's it's. I mean, I would I wouldn't say it's easy. It's never very easy but it can be very very hard and very you know very different when it's not easy when it's when conditions turn yeah. bad yeah and if yeah, a lot of people yeah. have a hard time to improvise you know like something happens mm-hmm. you, and that's something you, it's kind of like I don't know if you can learn that I mean you can have a lot of knowledge and, and skills but like skills of being able to improvise I think that's a very good you know skill so like when you're you're racing you know you're out there are you 
constantly evaluating what's going on and and even thinking, okay, this this is what's happening now. If this happened, this is what I'm going to do. And if this happens, this is what I'm going to do. Do you always have to be thinking 10 steps ahead? Yes. It is yeah. definitely, you kind of have to have some kind of plan. I'm not, I'm not necessarily thinking about it all the time. Sometimes, you know, you're just too tired to, to think. You kind of like switch into that, you know, uh, robot mode. Yeah. You just keep going. And it's, it's, Sometimes, yeah, um, you have no other choice. It's just you, you got to get through some, you know, sometimes. So, yeah. but you got to be kind of always uh, prepared to deal with uh, your outcome or your decisions. So it's, it's kind of like, like I said, I, I'm always trying to be on the safe side with my planning, with my gear set up, with everything. And I guess... Uh, I, I don't like to be like, you know, I, I like to have some back door, <laughs> some, you know, some kind of plan B with some folks. Yeah, wrong. Oh. Yeah. They just, yeah, they just. There's a billion uh, things that can go wrong, so you, yeah. never, you can never be really prepared, but at least, um, and like I said, you have to improvise if something goes bad. Yeah. And I guess I'm still alive. <laughs> And I still have all my fingers and toes, so I uh it's probably I'm not that bad in that. So well that's a that's a question I haven't asked anybody. Have have you had experiences with frostbite? Um uh, no, not really. Um, really. I had like some frost nips. But um but nothing. I never had I have to knock on the wood. I never had yeah. a actual frostbite. Very cool. So obviously, you know, you got something figured out. I guess. <laughs> so for the ITI, so, you you know, 22 days this year, do you ever get to turn your brain off when you're riding? I mean, obviously, you know, you, you, you know, checkpoints and, and huts and stuff you do. But, I mean, do you ever when you're out, when you're pedaling your bike or walking? Yes, yes. You, you have to. Sometimes it's just... It's just um, hard work, and you kind of have to turn the, turn your brain off and just keep going and keep either pedaling or pushing. So, yeah, sometimes it's. So, have you ever got to some place, you know, a checkpoint or or a landmark or something, and like, how did I get here? Did, can, do you get that out of the zone? Hmm. Uh, not that I, w- I wasn't like completely out ever I'd say it's just sometimes um, when the weather's really bad you kind of I kind of um, I kind of lose I, 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 I lost the, the perception of time like I don't know what time what, what hour is because it's just uh, you know either like winds blowing no visibility it's like super windy and and uh, it's gray, so you get, it's kind of hard to tell what what you know what what the, what the, what's what time of the day is. But um, I never was completely like exhausted to the point that I was not, you know, uh, I was I would be completely out. So yeah. never, I got super tired, but. <laughs> 
And I, I never had hallucinations and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So you, you, yeah, you know what you're doing. Was how easy is it? Easier is it because it's not easy when, like, when you were riding with Casey and Jill. Can you can you kind of shut your brain down then, because you're in and and allow, quote unquote, teammates to take the load for a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say I would, um, you know, turn my brain off because of the you know the company. It's kind of it it it's actually, um, it's 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 what keeps my brain occupied a little bit more. So it, it's a positive thing that you know to be with somebody and have a little chat, talk about everything, and just you know just to have a few words kind of. It, it makes it more bearable. So I, I mean, I'm not like I, I don't have to be always with some somebody. I mean, I'm, yeah. I've done tons of solo writing, but I I I, I really like um, the company of people, friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, and quite honestly, the, those two seem like good company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were great company. Yeah. So, well, and we'll get to let's. We'll get back to this year's ride, but when did you? I want to go back in time a little bit. So, when did you first? When did? Well, you read the book on the ITI. Mm-hmm. When did the? You first think, well, yeah, I guess I better go do this. <laughs> it, and then, what's the steps from you know your first you know Arrowhead to getting to the Iditarod? Yeah. So, like I said, I read that book and it and. Uh, <laughs> It, it's it's funny because it's I'm 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 originally from Czech Republic and that book was written by a Czech writer Jan Kopka and he won I did a rod in back in in 2007 and uh, so it got even more you know interesting for me this way not because that like I would like I, 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 my plan was to be a you know another Czech to finish. Or you know to win or whatever, that was not a plan. I never had the plan to 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 win. <laughs> just uh, just just to participate and finish the race. That's kind of my goal. Um, so then, since after I started uh, Scobia and then Arrowhead, and it kind of naturally um, came that I like to do. I did right. It's like it's like pinnacle of winter, you know, endurance mm. racing. So it was like natural, you know, next step, next level of uh, racing. And once you get to know all the people from Arrowhead and from all those other winter uh, ultras like Pat Pursuit and and even some summer. Uh, endurance racing and those it's like same uh, circle of people and then like there's a lot of people I mean pretty much everybody um, I wouldn't say everybody but like a lot of guys are you know dreaming about doing Iditarod so it's kind of like next level and like the pinnacle with the racing yeah so I started gathering more experience and then um, accumulating more skills and 
you know. Um, yeah. So and then that I, I, I it was like really cool. To finally, get to I did a rock 350, which I uh, I've done in 2015. I believe yeah, 2015 was my first I did a rock 350, and um, and <laughs> for me it's like if there's something longer, harder, I'd, I'd like, I'd usually go for it. <laughs> so then naturally I was looking up to do the whole route, 1,000 miles to Nome, and then became a reality in 2017. That was my first, first ride to Nome. Yeah. And then once you get, you know, yeah. uh, uh, caught into it, it's just really hard to stop. <laughs> Alaska is just it's it's a magical it's a magical place and then the whole race and people and places and little villages it's just it's like a yeah. you know it's it's amazing it's a it's a, it's a drug <laughs> yeah I mean you know I I you know hear people talk about the race in Alaska and you know every I think a lot of people have that whether it's there or, or you know Patagonia gets that a lot and mm-hmm. I, and I I hear a lot uh, Baja from from truck racers that, that mm-hmm. get that feeling there, and it's always the same thing. It's the area, it's the people, it's you know, almost you know, a lot of times nobody even mentions a race. <laughs> it's everything right. else. <laughs> so it's seventeen like a second thing, yeah, for me, yeah. You know, racing. It's yeah, it's not a priority. Yeah, the racing is a reason to get there and see everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So seventeen, what what was your first thousand miles through Alaska like? Looking looking back at it now, after you know, how, how many times have you done it now? Three times. Three times. Okay. So on on hindsight of having done it three times, what do, what do you think of your effort from the first year? Great. Give yourself a grade. <laughs> um, I was real. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can, if I can <laughs> uh, give myself give myself a grade. It's just it's it's just it, I was there to experience that. That was my first, you know. That was my um. It was a reason to go there just to to finish, to see the whole thing, and I I had no attention to race, no attention to race. I was just enjoying time to be out there, you know. I, I mm-hmm. spent a lot of times in those little safety cabins and those all those places. And the, the the race part it's kind of like I like I like racing and being there with other people. It, it, it keeps me more motivated to keep forward and you know, ride faster. So uh the first year it's always really hard because you you're this big unknown you're going into. Yeah. It's it's super scary. Because you know everything new, it's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and once you once you get to know what's ahead of you, it's, you know it, it makes it a lot lot easier next next time. So, um, I think I did pretty good for um, conditions. That year was really cold for the whole time since we you know we started and it was cold. Entire time, all the way to Nome. 
Um, and it, that year, I did a dog race. Actually, they restarted at Fairbanks. So we didn't have really good trail from um, McGrath to Ruby. So it was kind of it was kind of tough, but there was not a lot of snow as well. I mean, there was snow, but not like super deep like this year. Hmm. So that was pretty, I guess, decent ride. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you finished, right? Yeah. That's always a. That's always mm-hmm. even even though we talk about sometimes it's a journey. You know, <laughs> finishing yeah. does yeah. doesn't not suck. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. Okay, jumping. I got to jump around before I forget this. What's what's the perfect weather for the Iditarod? I mean, temperature, snow. I mean, you know, what would you if you wanted to do have the most fun with you know a little bit of suffering? But but what what kind of weather do you want? I think um, definitely not super cold. Probably around like zero degrees between below freezing and let's say minus 10, that would be ideal. Um, frozen, everything frozen, all the rivers and, and then lakes. Um, not a lot of wind. <laughs> the wind's always my worst enemy. It's just, and this year was just especially bad with the wind. So, but you get you you get a win all the time. I mean, every time it doesn't matter. You, you always you, you know yeah. always get a win. <laughs> but that that would be like my my enemy number one, because with, if it's windy, even if it's not snowing, uh, trail gets blown in and then it just disappears. So no wind or a or a tailwind. <laughs> yeah, that's always bonus. That's yeah. Great. Yeah, so definitely freezing, below uh, freezing, um, sunny, <laughs> um, not a lot of snow. Uh, yeah, that would be ideal condition. So for you, what temperature do you start to think, oh, it's cold out, and and what temperature surprises you because you're, you're, you're riding along and you think it's just, it's nice? It, and it's probably not nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really funny because that's all relative. We yeah. had some days like when without wind, even like you know twenty below, it's not that bad. But when with the wind chill, yeah, it, it can be really bad. Even like twenty degrees can be really uh, nasty. Or even like I don't know thirty degrees, and wind would be really bad. So, um, what well, while riding and moving, yeah. it, the body, you know, produces a lot of uh, heat. So, um, you don't need even much, you know, much many layers, and you, you'll be probably comfortable. So, um, I'd say everything. Lower than uh, twenty below, it it gets really tough. It's more than twenty below, and when it's forty below and more, it's just it, it's really dangerous. Even without the wind, if every 
anything breaks, you know, you have to deal with something. You don't want to spend much time uh, without gloves or protecting your hands and face. And pretty much doing everything takes a lot of time, and you, you have to pay attention to every little thing, every little, you know, uh, step, because it can have really bad consequences. So, uh, why did you break your bike then if it's so hard to fix when it's cold? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no matter what you do and how, how much you, uh, you've prepared, something can always break. You know, like, I've spent a lot of time. I'm the I'm type of guy. I like, I'm very um, detail oriented. And I spend like weeks tinkering with my bike before the race like that. And even with that, you can't really prevent everything. There's always big chance that something's gonna, you know, break or go. You know, something you can't really control. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and this year it was um, my um, um, the, uh, my rear hub um, just um, just blew up kind of <laughs> the mechanism inside it's like a ratchet and um, I had made a mistake by not completely cleaning it up and I, it's funny because I, I've been riding in the cold temperature like that but never had a problem but I don't know it just it was just probably bad timing and we were riding a really cold night like it was like 45 below and I was going through this little like dip in the creek and I'm pedaling really hard on the other side going up and I put a lot of power in it and then um, the, uh, the mechanism inside of B-Hop didn't engage and it slipped and then it was enough to damage uh, those inner parts internal parts and, then, and since that happened it was it was couldn't be fixed so I had to replace it eventually yeah, but yeah, but but so I I saw the pictures. Tell everybody how you you one got it sort of working, and then and then how do you, <laughs> you you get a new one in the middle of Alaska? How does that work? Yeah, so so I guess at the end of the day, I got super lucky with that. <laughs> so first, now like I said, uh, it it. Uh, it failed. My my hub failed in like worst possible place. It was in, it was in between. It, it was probably longest stretch between the villages. Um, I don't. I think it was somewhere a mile. Uh, four hundred seventy miles in the race between uh, McGrath and Ruby. Like there's nothing, there's nothing, there's no villages. It's longest stretch. It's about, I think, over 200 miles with nothing, just the cabins. So um, after that hop failed, I pretty much knew what exactly what happened because I I know my bike pretty well, yeah. inside out, inside and out, and um, I've had it apart so many times. So I. But um, I was not like I, I. I still wanted to check things out. So 
we spend nights together with Casey and uh, Jill um, at the side of the trail. We just eat, and they kind of left in the morning. Uh, yeah, I had to I had to start pushing my bike, and it was still pretty pretty cold. But sun uh, sun got up and got a little warmer, so I stopped. And I got really frustrated because trail was good. Uh, of course. Rideable, yeah. <laughs> it was just pushing. It wouldn't be too bad, but we were like, we, we were getting really bad trail since the start. And then finally, the trail was pretty good and rideable. And and I was pushing my bike and I got so frustrated. And I was like, I can't, you know, I sp- I'm, and I'm, I'm always counting in my head, like how many more hours it's going to take to get there. And it is just like, Difference between pushing and riding it's so so it's it's so big and and you know so frustrating. So I stopped, took my um, wheel off, took the hop part, and it was still like 30 below. Yeah. So I did everything as quick as possible. I think I, I, think I did a pretty good job <laughs> for the, for those conditions. I cleaned everything up with my um, um, white gas from my stove. Um, put it all together, put it back all together, but I, but I, it couldn't be saved, so it was just damaged and uh, and needed to be replaced. So I, I realized that there's no way to fit to fix it. So I, I used the strap. I was I carried a strap to carry my bike on my shoulder, which I ne- which I never never used, and <laughs> I was going to leave it somewhere at some cabin. But I didn't, and then uh, so I, <laughs> it came really handy, and I used the strap. I strapped the cassette to my spokes, so I made it basically um, <laughs> fixed gear, big fixed gear bike with gears, <laughs> because I was still able to shift and use my derailleur, but my I had to keep spinning because if I even stop for a second. Um, the rear cassette was still spinning, right? There was no yeah. free wheel. Then we would bunch up a chain in between the wheels and the chain stays, and it would uh, eventually I would drop the chain, which happened like like thousand times. <laughs> but um, it was still better than pushing. So yeah. I had to really like keep going and and the spinning, even going downhill. Uphill, and then as a byproduct of that, I got I got pretty good uh, speed. Actually, I was moving along pretty good, so I made it to the cabin. I added more. Um, I think I used uh, a little uh, paracord I had to add more. Um, you know, to to to. Um, fix it a little more to those spokes but unfortunately when those spokes were crossing the strap was kind of pulling on it they were rubbing against each other and then that was like another problem yeah. so I I cut the pieces of strap and put them in between those um, the crossing spots or those you know where they cross so they it, it, at least it, it helped a little bit and then I wrote like that for like 150 miles. <laughs> uh, so 
eventually I made it all the way to Ruby. And from there, um, actually Casey helped me a lot and he called Greg from Anchorage from Speedway Cycles and uh, he was willing to send me a new hub, not the hub, just um, just uh, the freewheel, it's easily replaceable. Actually I just need those uh, inside parts. So he was going to send it to me or ship it to me but uh, there, was, there were no planes that day. Uh, flying to Ruby, so he contacted Jeff from Beaver Sports from Fairbanks, and he shipped it next day to Galena, which was the next village. So I didn't have any downtime actually. It was, it was amazing how that worked out. I, I couldn't believe that still. <laughs> so I was like, I'm gonna probably make it another 50 miles from Ruby to Galena, and I did. And I just picked that up next day, you know, replaced it, and it was it was good to go next day. So I didn't I didn't I didn't lose any time pretty much with that. So that was a little miracle that, that yeah. happened. So so that's the lesson to anybody that thinks they might want to do the idea to ride is can you can you fix your freewheel and ride two hundred miles on it to get yeah. a new one and keep yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, to me, being sort of a new newbie to the you know the race, I mean, I've, I've followed it, but not a lot. It's like that sort of seems like this encompasses the spirit of that race. You know, you fixing it, and these people all coming together and getting it to you in the middle of nowhere, and it's like, wow, yeah. that's it's pretty just cool. amazing. It, it, I mean, yeah, like I said, it was a miracle, and everything worked out like. Perfect, hundred percent, and it's 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 just they didn't they didn't use like um, post service or UPS because that doesn't work, you know. Yeah. I had, like in two thousand seventeen, I had a problem with my chain. It was it kept it kept breaking all like seven times. I, I I snapped my chain seven times, and they shipped it overnight from Anchorage, but it got there like. Like ten days later, so <laughs> so the only way it works that you you really like they gave it to somebody on the plane and they brought it to the village, so yeah. and then it, it worked worked out pretty good. That's pretty pretty amazing. So <laughs> yeah, so give me the give me the thumbnail. How how did you and Casey and Jill end up riding? a lot together. How, how did um, that all work? I don't know. We didn't plan for it. It just um, it just happened naturally. Yeah. We kind of got, you know, stuck together. And because of conditions, like, there was, like, I think Casey said that it, even he, he uh, used a lot of effort to ride faster. You would just end up at the same spot in the evening, yeah. because the, the speed was really, like it was really slow because of the weather and snow. So, um, and then we spent so much time at the end together that it kind of made sense to finish together at the same time. And I mean, we didn't push, you know, we didn't like plan for it, but we became really good friends, and then. 
naturally, um, you know, ended up like that. Yeah. Yeah. So the story I heard is <laughs> twice <laughs> is that, uh, <laughs> you basically are the one that said we need to finish together. I didn't say we need to finish. I, I, I asked the question, like, what, what uh, do you guys think about that? I uh, didn't say, no, 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 I didn't, I didn't, I definitely didn't say, hey, we were riding together, we have to finish together. No, I, I asked them what they think about it. I'm like, what uh, do you guys think? What, how do you guys want to do that? Are we going to race? Are you going to, like, go for it? And they both said, like, no, we'll just, you know, ride together and finish together. So I only asked, I only... Yeah, uh, uh, brought that up, you know, brought that up. Yeah. So I was like, you know, how everybody feels about it. So. Yeah. Did you feel not in charge of the group, but did you f feel a little responsibility since, you know, you've had more experience with the race? Um, I, I wouldn't say I, I felt responsibility. I was able to help. I was, I'm not, I was happy to help. And whatever knowledge I had, I would I, I was happy to you know share with them and help, but um, not necessarily. I wouldn't say responsibility. I would just I was happy to share whatever I could and help the group or help all of us. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, I mean that's 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 the spirit of the race. That's the that's the given the cassette to the person on the plane to bring to you. It's mm -hmm. no different than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think it should be noted that this is your second year in a row of winning the race, which is <laughs> call, call pretty winning. cool. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny because you say winning the race, you know, there's three of you, but you guys won the race. Yeah. I, you know, you did. You just won it with two other people, which almost to me is better. Yeah, it definitely. I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to put, you know, I don't want to make say what you think, but that's got to be pretty cool to win it and actually win it with some people and help and create friends and and uh, a hell of an experience. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like. Finishing this way with them, it, it it made it much more enjoyable and more you know memorable. It's um, yeah, it's definitely. I, I like to share a moment with, with other people mm -hmm. and like racing is a secondary kind of for me. Yeah, uh, and I I don't ex I don't you know I'm not I don't expect to win never because I know my limits and. Uh, if like I you know it's pretty special to uh, share moments like that with other people so it makes me pretty happy and and definitely a lot of more memories you know from like if I was there myself there's no way to experience the same way it, I mean it'd be different but I would say it makes it more whole you know to share those moments with somebody else and being there by, by you know, well, so. <laughs> no, I get that. Were the were the emotions the same? Both 
first year and second year, or was it a little bit different the second second time you won? I'm I'm not a very I'm an emotional person, but not not while racing yeah. or riding. Uh-huh. And I get I heard that a lot of people are you know they cry and stuff, and I never had that. I mean, <laughs> not during the racing, you know, during during riding and racing, but you know, it 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 it's like super powerful feeling, but it's not like super emotional for me. Okay, it, I, I feel really good. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm I'm so I'm relieved that it's done and 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 everybody's safe and. And, and happy for other people or other you know for in this case for Jill and Casey they 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 were their, their first year and it's like super cool that they were uh, we were able to finish it was almost like it was so hard like mentally because until the last day we weren't really sure that we'll, we'll get it done and we'll we'll finish because there was a lot of a lot of factors including. Uh, uh, the pandemic and uh, the weather and ice breaking and stuff, all that, all that stuff, and the trail. So we were like, almost like, until the last uh, twelve hours, we were not sure if we'll be able to finish. So wow. <laughs> it was super. It was so really. We were so relieved. Then we, when we finally rolled up the main street and actually. Get it, got it done. It was, it was a special feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, uh, that's pretty cool. So I have to ask, I'm gonna go back next year. <laughs> so, it, it's funny because, to do it, doing it, um, two years in a row, it's kind of, it, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of load. It, it it's kind of hard. Uh, for me, it usually uh, get it get get uh, mentally prepared for a thing like that. For a race like this, it's such a big magnitude. It it takes me like uh, at least like six months to get you know ready for that. Um, and then doing it uh, back to back, um, I, I was not. It was funny because I wasn't I wasn't super stoked to do it this year for some reason I don't know why, so I kind of felt like I don't know uh, why I'm coming back and stuff. <laughs> but at the end, I was like, I was I was super excited and stoked to, to get it done. So for the whole time this year, um, to the to the whole you know time I was. I was saying that I'm not coming back. That's it, three times, and I'm done. I'm not never coming back because it was like really hard this year. Uh, but you know, never say never. That's yeah, <laughs> I'm, already, yeah. I'm already thinking about doing it again. Not next, not next year for sure. But, but uh, definitely, maybe in three years to do another southern route. So I've got uh, Northern Route twice and, and the Southern Route once. So I would definitely, if I'm if I go back, if I'm gonna do it again, I'd like to do the Southern Route again. 
Yeah. And uh, that that's next year, but I'm not going to do it next year. So maybe three years from now, I would. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens with everything. Yeah. So, and then Casey says you're uh, trying to convince him to come out here and do the Black Hills Expedition. Yes. Yes. So. That's another one I, I'm I'm a big fan of. I really like Black Hills Expedition. It's... It's uh, like a root grass bend. I really like those, you know, um, very few people, really hard trail, really hard course, Um, camaraderie. Uh, I I don't know if you know Jason. Yep. Uh, Yeah, he's such a nice guy. He puts a lot into it. So I, I really like to, I like Casey. You experience that. <laughs> Maybe he'll hate me after that. <laughs> I mean, it, it's um, really hard. <laughs> it, it, it is a really hard race. That's for sure. It is. So we met um, uh, on a course, I think. Uh, yeah. Years ago or something. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing photos. Yeah. yeah. So you were. Well, and and you, I don't. You probably don't know this, but. You were within uh, thirty yards of my house during the race. Oh, wow! <laughs> so you we live just off playing. the Centennial. Oh, nice. Trail Forty. So, yeah. It's so you such got a, a place beautiful to, place. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I told Casey, you guys can come out here for a little early and got a place for you to stay and hang out and you know, bring bring yeah. Jill with you. Yeah. <laughs> get get the gang back together. So. Uh-huh. Any, any, I mean, hardly any races out there, but anything else that you're kind of looking forward to doing this year? Um, no, it's, it's kind of hard to plan for, for anything right now because, yeah. uh, yeah, and the situation with, uh, COVID-19, but, um, e- either way, I'm going to probably do some, like, um, just solo or small group, uh, not racing, it's just riding, hopefully, yeah. when we can. And uh, this this few um, few events on my on my radar, uh, they're, they're more towards the late summer and the fall. So yeah. we'll see how that pans out. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, we'll be able to. Yeah. So I like to re- I like to do. Uh, I did a Colorado trail race a couple of times, and it, it's yeah. not one. Um, it's one of my favorites again, but it's also very, very tough. Yeah. And then I don't want to, you know, get stuck with just one event and doing it every year. So that's the reason I'm not. I don't want to. I'm not really looking forward to do ITI next year because that's a lot. It's a big commitment, a lot of time, a lot of money, and uh, this this bunch of other events I like to uh, participate in and. So, um, so I'm thinking maybe uh, Arizona Trail Race. Who knows? But yeah. that's that's another one I like to do. Um, and then there's a bunch more. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I, I think. And uh, when we get through this, I bet you there's a bunch more after that too. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, uh, Black Hills. That's. Because it's every, it's different every year. <laughs> yep. 
I, I, I had sure. some crazy, crazy, um, crazy stories from that race. I think yeah. it's from that year when we met. I think we got snow at the end of the race, but like last night of the race, yeah, I can't remember that. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it could be a hundred degrees, and you uh-huh. can get snow in the same. Exactly. Place. <laughs> so, there you go. Well, you've been uh, really generous with your time. Appreciate it, and oh. uh, I'm I'm yeah. sort of starting to learn all about this Iditarod. And guess what? I ain't going. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. it, 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 it can be really tricky once you get once you get interested in that there's no way back <laughs> yes i uh, yeah i'll uh, stick with the adventure racing and yeah we don't we don't get a lot of 45 degrees below zero weather yeah so. i'm always trying to get more people to do um those kind of events but sometimes when it's really really cold it's it's it, you know it's no joke and i'm i, I thought to myself a lot of times like Wow, I hope I don't want to be responsible for somebody to be, you know, get in a in a tight spot and be in danger because I promoted so much. So, well, you know what? I if they think they can do it, and the promoter race director thinks they can do it, that's not on you. I know, I know. It's just like kind of I know, but you feel I, I know exactly how you feel. You'd still feel guilty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it can be really good. It's just, you know, it can be yeah. also really bad sometimes. I guess it's There's part of it. It's why we're doing it and, you know, we're coming back to do it because it's not easy. <laughs> There's that. Yep. Um, yeah, if it was easy, I'd be doing it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'm so. pretty sure you got a bunch of experience with hard racing. So it's yeah. just different. <laughs> it's just different. So... Well, cool. Well, I hope uh, you guys make it out here for the race, and um, we'll get maybe get together and that'd do be something. great. Yeah, I'm looking forward. That would be that would be awesome. Hopefully, Casey can make it cool. <laughs> down here and do it. So that'd be that'd be sweet. All right. Well, thank you very much for the chat. It was great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was great. Nice talking to you. Alright, thanks, bye. Just All right, bye-bye. When you check he's in TV at it, don't mean a this, don't mean to bring static. And you cling on to your grandpa's house, grab your backstreet friend and get loud. Throwing doors off edges, I got there with the pitches. And no, I didn't retire, I set you up with the needle nose pliers. Like each one of Omaha, with the elbow you never seen before, just
We're working on a record, yo. So just stay patient. Uh, uh, uh. Now. Check, 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 check it out. Just clap the hands to the no, just clap, come on.